0: Happy travels, everybody. Welcome to the Masters of Travel podcast presented by Travel Magazine. This is the show where we talk about some of the most successful travel writers, explorers, and business leaders in the travel space. And today, we've got some great guests for you to listen to, but first, I'm the editor-in-chief of Travel Magazine, Justin Kirby, and I am your host. Hopefully on this episode, we can inspire you guys to either enter the travel industry, start a blog, or just take the next trip that you've been wanting to take. That's what this is all about, really. And today hopefully we can get you on the path to your next trip. We're sitting down with Dave and Deb from the Planet D. Deb and Dave founded the Planet D after cycling the continent of Africa in 2008. We talk all about that and that huge adventure that they embarked upon in the show. Since then, they've been inspiring adventure in everyone through the 110 countries that they've visited on, that's right, all seven of the continents, including Antarctica. And yeah, we're going to talk about that during the podcast too. Forbes named the Planet D one of the top 10 influencers in travel for 2017. They've also won Numerous photography and blogging awards, including back-to-back gold medals for best travel blog at both the Society of American Travel Writers and the North American Travel Journalists Association. You've probably seen them around the web. Their photography, their writing, and their story has been featured in BBC, Red Bull, Adweek, Martha Stewart, Thrillist. National Geographic, I could go on forever. They've been featured everywhere around the web. And more than likely, you're a bit familiar with their story. But if not, don't worry, because we're going to get into it. But first, before we get into anything, this podcast is brought to you by Next Trip. Next Trip is the best booking engine on the internet. You can book flights, hotels, alternative lodging, vacation rentals, car rentals, Pretty much anything you want travel-related, you can book on Next Trip. No matter where you're headed, be sure to start your search on nexttrip.com. We also like to mention great charities that you can support on this podcast. Every week, we feature one charity who our guests love. And Dave and Deb are big fans of the AIDS Alliance, which supports community action in response to the HIV epidemic. So if you want to learn more about how you can help, visit AIDSAlliance.org Or you can check out the show notes page on travelmagazine.com for the podcast. We will include the link right within that page. With that, guys, get comfortable. Let's get right into the podcast. Here are this week's Masters of Travel. all right we are here with Dave and Deb from the Planet D guys thanks so much for joining us I know I gave a little bit of an intro off the top of the show but give our listeners a bit of a more in-depth bio of who you are things that you might think that uh, people might want to know about you
1: well we've we're Dave and Deb with the Planet D. Thanks again for having us, by the
0: way. <laughs> no problem.
1: Um, we've been uh, running our website since 2008 when we decided to cycle the continent of Africa. That's how we started it with a bang. And uh, we've been going nonstop ever since.
2: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know, but we used to, a lot of people do ask that. So we used to work in the film industry before we did this. So we weren't uh, corporate or anything like that. We were freelance people in the film industry. For 15 years. So this was sort of a natural progression in, in being a great creative outlet for us that we've been able to turn into a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And guys, I know I've read about um, you know your cycling trip. Where did you guys go in Africa specifically? Was it just right across the continent?
1: Uh, we started in Cairo, in Egypt, and then we worked our way uh, down the East Coast all the way to Cape Town. So we hit nine countries, yeah. I believe. So we went through Sudan. Hmm. Actually, it was two thousand eight, so we went through Sudan right in the height of the Darfur conflict, when it was getting a lot of uh, a lot of press, press at the time. So it was a really good time to be there because people were really excited to see us and they were telling us to like send people our way we didn't obviously go into Darfur we stayed in the safe parts of Sudan and it was just one of the best countries you could go to and I think that's what's one of the great thing about travel and travel blogging is that you can show the world that what you see on the news isn't necessarily what you get when you go there and just everyone in Sudan was so welcoming to us and stuff and then we went down through Tanzania, Zambia, Botswana, Malawi, there were so many South Africa, all the way to South no, Africa.
0: Maybe, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> an amazing trip, man, and I yeah. ending in one of the great cities of the world too. I just I love Cape Town. That's a fantastic place.
2: Yeah, me, me too, definitely. And that was really where we fell in love with Africa too. It's uh, it's definitely a, a continent that we keep going back to again and again and again, just because there's something about it. And I think when you talk to anybody who's actually visited anywhere in Africa, they they have the same feeling
0: yeah
1: yeah and i'm with you on Cape town dave and i always say we could live there it's just gorgeous i I love everything about it
0: yeah absolutely you know people always talk about how travel kind of gets in your blood and i think that uh traveling to africa in particular is just one place in the world where as soon as you go you want to go back because you kind of realize how amazing it is and how beautiful and huge and how many amazing places there are to go so very easy to get caught up in that but let's start off the top let's lay the groundwork a little bit here for people i mentioned it a bit in the bio but i want you guys to talk about it yourself how many countries have you visited and what is your travel style what would you say your travel style is
2: so we've been to 110 countries i believe at last count so (laughs) and all seven continents so uh, we're doing we're doing pretty well on that front. What would you say our travel style is? Like?
1: I'd say our travel style is definitely adventure. We uh, started off with a big adventure, and we always do. We always add an element of adventure into everything we do, whether it be kayaking or mountain climbing or rock climbing or what else do we do? All kinds of stuff. The, you know, driving a car from England to Mongolia. We just love having an adventure, and over the years. When we first started, adventure travel was really about being hardcore, like when you you either cycle the continent of Africa or you climb to Mount Everest Base Camp or climb Kilimanjaro, which we've done all of that and love it. But there's also levels of adventure now, which we love, because people don't feel that they have to just go for that really crazy unattainable thing. You can go and you can do a smaller hike, or you can go and do an easier kayak or a canoe trip or something like that. And that's what we get from a lot of people in our travel blog. They say to us that I never thought of doing adventure travel, but that I saw you two going on a canoe trip up in Northern Ontario. And I said, I want to do that. So I think that's the great thing. There's different levels to adventure, and that's what we like touching on all of them, from extreme
2: what, to small. Yeah, and that's sort of what has allowed us to, I think, uh, stay relevant and continue to go out and do adventures because that definition of adventure has changed so much. We can go and do the extreme things, but we can also do soft adventure as well, which was a term that didn't really exist when we first started. So what we've learned over all these years is that adventure is different for everybody, and we like to hi- highlight all, all spectrums of adventure.
0: Yeah. And, and and you know, like you guys said, you don't have to start at the top. Like it doesn't have to be your first trip is to Mount Everest Base Camp, right? You can start with a canoe trip or something that's a bit more your level, right? It, it, having so many different levels of adventure travel that you can go with. It's kind of what can help people get started, which I think a lot of is a lot of what this podcast is about. I think a lot of our listeners are sort of interested in getting started with doing things that are a bit more out of their comfort zone and hearing stories like your guys' are, are great for people. But I want to talk a little bit about why you started. I know we, we've talked about um, the cycling trip and I know from your website, some of the videos you guys have made, you've talked about, you know, just you both really wanted to get into travel and you weren't sure uh, what the way it was going to be that you were going to jump right in. So, Give us a bit of the why as opposed to the how. Why did you feel like, you know, traveling the world and doing some of these amazing things was, was so important to you both?
2: I I think it originally started off and it still is to to this day, is that we wanted to inspire people. You know, everybody loves being inspired. And, you know, I what I realized when we worked in the film business and were traveling is that Everybody else who we looked up to or who we were trying to get inspired by were these people who were these uber athletes and and all that kind of stuff and not overly relatable. So the reason we started the travel blog was so that we could show people that, you know what, we're relatable. You can do adventures just like us and and be a normal person. You know, like we're not super athletes. We're not – We're not super in shape, you know, so as you can see from our videos and stuff like that. So we wanted to show that it's adventure for the everyman. And I think uh, we've been able to succeed in doing that and motivating and inspiring people to go out there and push themselves out of their comfort zone.
1: And I think a big thing that people don't know about us is that we traveled for nearly 10 years before we even started the blog. Working in the film industry in Toronto and Vancouver, before we started getting to travel, we took winters off. We found it was cheaper to leave Canada than to stay home for the winter when things were slow at that time. And we traveled to a good 40 countries before we even started blogging. So we had a lot of travel under our belt, and we found that we would take off anywhere from six weeks to six months, depending on how busy our business was. And that's when we really fell in love with travel and realized that there's a lot more to life uh, than just putting our heads down and working before we started doing those travels we were really thinking career 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 and then once we started traveling we started going wow there's a lot more to life than just career we didn't want to wait until we were retired to live a life of adventure we wanted to figure out how to balance that so that's what we did for almost 10 years we split the travel industry or, or traveling not the industry but traveling with the film industry.
2: And we, we wanted to do it together. I think yeah. that's an important point to point out as well, is that, as Deb was saying, when we worked in the film industry, we had basically separate lives. And, you know, we uh, we, we really you know never saw each other. So we've gone from one extreme to the other. So I guess you could say we're uh, two people of extremes. We've gone from not seeing each other for a lot of years in the film business and now spending 365 days, 24 hours a day together. So definitely we're people who like to be... Uh, very uh concentrated and very extreme in the things that
0: we do right and having that partner is extremely important for sure i think that the other thing that you guys mentioned as well that's very interesting is you know when you're talking about having the winter was kind of the time when you guys knew that maybe that was where you'd want to get going somewhere sometimes for people having you know not necessarily a schedule but a, a plan in place you know if you've never traveled before and You know, it's something that you want to make a part of your life. Start telling people that you're going to take a trip and this is around the time when you're going to go. Having that plan, putting in place, talking to other people about it, it'll get you excited. It'll get you motivated. And before you know it, you'll be taking trips every winter or every spring or whenever you decide is the right time for you. So um, having that plan in place is definitely super important. I ask people this on every podcast sometimes it's it's a question that people don't want to answer even but i I love um hearing from people it doesn't have to be the best city in the world or the best country in the world but what would you guys say is your favorite place to visit is there somewhere that tops your list that you can't wait to get back to And, and tell me why what makes that place so special
1: well, we already touched on this at the beginning. And for me, it's any part of East or, South or Southern Africa. I love Kenya. I love Tanzania. I love Namibia. I love South Africa. And one thing I think it's because we started our blog there, because we spent so many months uh, cycling through Africa. But there's something about that part of Africa that has this great energy. Every time I get off the plane, I just feel happiness. And everybody, you know, everybody's just they welcome you with a big smile, everyone's saying jumbo, you know, and it's just a fantastic place and it's so diverse. So that part of Africa is always uh, what I go back to. I think there's always a reason that people say I left my heart in Africa. It's one of the few places whenever we leave that I'm I'm really sad to be leaving. A lot of times I'm ready to move on to the next adventure or go to the next place. But if I'm leaving Tanzania or Kenya or South Africa, I go, oh, I want to stay just a little longer. So for me, that's my really sweet spot, that area.
2: For me, I would say it would be uh, Antarctica, just because it's the only place I've been in the world where you truly are in the remotest part of of the world. There is Nobody else around. The wildlife is absolutely incredible. You can have these experiences where, you know, we had we were kayaking down there and we, we had whales surface beside us, um, <coughs> kayaking right up to seals on ice floes, and they're not afraid of you. So it's uh, it's a place where they're curious, and you can have these incredible wildlife experiences. Plus, it's a landscape that is unlike. No other in the whole world. It's that, that that really, you really feel like you are at the edge of the world when you're there. So I think the reason that's so it sticks with me so much is that I don't think there's any other place that I've visited out of the 110 countries we've been to that is like that at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I want to make it clear when Dave said we're kayaking up to you and they're not afraid of you. It's actually, they were the ones that were more curious about us. You know, when we were traveling in Antarctica, it was very strict not to approach them and get too close, but it would seem that whenever you stopped, the penguins would waddle up and peck at your, your coat to see what the heck this person was that they've never seen before or whales would literally surface right beside the kayak to come take a look at what this is so that's something i just want to make clear that they were curious they were more curious of us to see than we were of them
0: i would say it's 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 interesting i think it's becoming a bit of a trend on this podcast for guests to mention South and Eastern Africa is becoming very common, but I, I want to really, can, can I dive in here and ask a, a follow-up question about Antarctica? Because I think it's a place that, you know, a, a, only a handful of our listeners have, have probably ever been to. What, what surprised you guys the most about visiting Antarctica? Because I think it's something that people probably have a preconceived notion as to what that trip would entail. What, what kind of, you know, when you got there made you go like, oh, I did not think it would be like this?
2: Truthfully, uh, the the curiosity of the wildlife. I never thought that I would be able to sit down on a on a small island and just sit there and I, while I'm observe, observing penguins, have them come up to me, sit on me, peck at my feet, all these things. Where there there's absolutely no fear in the wildlife down there. They've not been hunted or anything like that. So you know they're just as curious of you as you are of them. But to have that happen to you, it's like. I never expected that, and I've never experienced that anywhere else in the world.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people are um, also surprised with how warm it is. When you go to Antarctica, you're going in their summer, and it was around between 5, sometimes even 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. I remember we were sitting on the back of the ship one day having lunch, and everyone was in their T-shirts. <laughs> so it's really comfortable to travel. A lot of people say to us, I don't want to go because it's freezing. But it's not that bad. It's like a late fall day in Canada when you go and you travel
0: Antarctica. Right? Wow, I think that would I think that'll shock a lot of our viewers. So, uh, no, a couple of couple of good tips there for anyone who's interested in traveling uh, to Antarctica. And I think a lot of people do travel specifically for wildlife. So that's probably uh, another place that's being opened up to a lot of people. So uh, great, great to hear those answers. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. What would you say, and this is more of a rapid fire question, honestly, but what would you say is the most interesting thing you've eaten on your travels? What And what, and what place were you in when you were uh, eating this interesting dish or cuisine?
1: Well, for me, we can go to the other spectrum, um, the other side of the world where we did in Greenland, I ate a minke whale. Now, uh, you know, a lot of, I was with the Inuit and it was something to try to see what, uh, why they eat whale there. Um, a lot, the rest of the world doesn't eat whale because the whales are endangered minke whales are not and it is their way it's actually of getting um it's a way of getting vitamin c mm-hmm. and when you visit an inuit village they're not killing mass whales they're killing one one whale for the village to eat over the winter so that was a really not a pleasant experience it's pretty gross it's oily and chewy <laughs> and disgusting but uh, i'm i'm the i'm the one that tries the food in this relationship that dave doesn't eat too much <laughs> and uh, when we were there you know a lot of times i'll just try anything you don't want to be rude you want to give it a go and uh, there's a great video on our website where I'm just chewing
2: the whale and I'm pretty person <laughs> yeah I'm the guy behind the camera I'm not I'm not a very adventurous eater at all I mean uh, there's a lot I'm, I'm pretty picky especially when I go to different places so you know I wouldn't say there's anything that that I would consider that I've eaten that is weird really Yeah. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, I've had caribou or reindeer, you know, like something like that. Some of those, they're not really exotic animals, but I'm not one to try like cockroaches or scorpions. I make
0: <laughs> Let's change the question a little bit for you, Dave. What would you say is your favorite country's cuisine? What, uh, what region of the world do you love eating the food from?
2: Uh, it's kind of cliche to say, really, but I, I, I mean, I would say Thailand. We were there the first time in, uh, in the year 2000. And I fell in love with the food there and the, and the spiciness and just just the way it's cooked. I absolutely love it. It's it's quite trendy now. But when I first fell in love with it, I'd like to think that it wasn't that trendy. Never were no Thai restaurants or anything like that. But I absolutely love that cuisine, everything about it. I love the fish sauce. I love the spiciness. Just everything, the way they combine and put things together is, again, I don't think it, it has its own identity in Southeast Asia when it comes to mm-hmm. cuisine.
1: When it comes to Thailand, I find we don't get sick of the food there either. We love Italian food, but after a couple weeks in Italy, I go, I just want something different. You know, and that sounds terrible to say because it's amazing, but you just kind of get tired of pasta. But for some reason in Thailand, I can just go, yeah, I can have green curry every single day, (laughs) and I can have noodle soup every single day. I just love it. And it also
2: tastes different wherever you go. in yeah. time. like it's all it's all made different. Everybody has their own take on things, so I think that 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 makes it obviously wise becomes more. Yeah,
0: popular. absolutely. And and you know I know it's I know some would say it's cliche, but 100, percent I'm with you. My my three favorite cuisines are all from Asia. I like Vietnamese food. I like Szechuan, and I love Thai food. So um, I'm right there with you. I can completely understand uh, eating Thai food every day for a month. It it doesn't get boring to me.
1: It's a reason they're popular, right? They're really good. It's really
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, another question that I think is going to be a really fun answer talking to you two because I know you guys have done some crazy things in your travels. What would you say is the craziest thing you've done on your travels? I mean, obviously, there's tons of adventures that you guys have had. What sort of stands out to you at the top of your mind?
1: Uh, Dave and I were talking about this the other day, and it, for me, it's definitely when we did the Mongol Rally and. It's kind of funny. We had to buy a car and we had to get sponsors and this was in 2011 or 2012. And looking back on it, we're like, I have no idea how we did it because we have no auto mechanic skills. We have no idea how we even got our visas in order and did everything and put a team together. But uh, looking back, I don't think I could do it again. I don't think I'd be as organized or even I think ignorance was bliss because a lot of a lot of people make it. We're like, I have no idea how we drove from England to Mongolia. In a Nissan, well, whatever Al- you driving a Nissan Almira, a, a little crappy car with four <laughs> people in a car, no air. It was just crazy, ridiculous. It was so much fun, and I think that was a great thing that we didn't really know what we were getting into, I and mean, we just we were a success because we didn't know how crazy <laughs> it was.
2: <laughs> I think for, for me, it was uh, you know we've done a lot of. That. I, I'm more the risk taker in the You're sense that, the that I, you know, that bungee jumping, skydiving, all that kind of stuff. But I've got to say, the craziest thing I did was a 10-day, 100-kilometer hike up in the far north north of Ontario via snowshoe where we made our own moccasins, made our own snowshoes, uh, did everything traditionally and had to trek 100 kilometers in minus 30-degree weather for 10 days. And it was one of the hardest things I have ever done. It was like eight hours of walking every day, three hours of camp setup, breaking through the ice to get your, get your water. You know, it was, it was incredibly difficult, but incredibly rewarding. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah,
1: That one was crazy because it wasn't going into a camp every night. When we got into camp, we had to make, take, it. make it. We had to stomp out the area on our snowshoes so that we didn't sink through. We were camping on frozen lakes and we were crossing frozen rivers. We were breaking our own trails and, uh, like Dave said, we had to chop down trees for firewood. We had to chop down spruce boughs to sleep on. So it was really getting away of how the Hudson Bay guys were doing the fur trade mm-hmm. back yeah. in the day, and it that was. One
0: of I knew best. I wasn't going to get a boring answer from you two on this one. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I think a lot of our listeners, this is great inspiration for them. If you've been thinking about you know taking that three day hike, think about what what Dave did in northern Ontario. That sounds uh, that sounds pretty challenging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. both.
0: I, like, he did it. Okay. No, no, we
1: did I'm, <laughs> well, I'm more of a risk taker
0: than you. We did well, we
1: did
0: I'm glad we got that on air, okay? Dave and Deb did that hike. Yeah. <laughs> All right, obvious
1: and that was in the north, and they're a great couple. Uh they're a Canadian couple that are just up north in northern Ontario and they still run that tour. They do small three day tours and introductions to gotcha. the wilderness as well. Gotcha. And obviously
0: so. you guys were very proud of that. That's that's a serious accomplishment but what's something that you've done that you would say outside of that that you're really proud of that you've done in your travels
1: I have a whole different answer to what I was thinking of before but I was thinking about um when Dave broke his back in the Amazon I was pretty proud with how I kept it together and got him home um that was it was funny because a lot of times I'm thinking about oh yes you know when you get a charity and involved in things like that I am really proud of that work but as I, I got your answers in advance and I was thinking about that and I was going, I think that because I was really an emotional mess. Dave broke his uh, back in the Amazon and we were stuck in the Amazon and I was trying to stay strong for him and go through the whole hospitalization and phoning the air ambulance in Canada and all this stuff. And We got him home and he's walking today. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of <laughs> kind of proud of myself of how I kept it together because I can be a real basket case. and For some reason, I just kind of went into – Survival mode. Survival mode. mode. Yeah, So <laughs> that was one. I was uh, feeling pretty
2: good. about. Yeah, and definitely that was a, the, without you there. I don't know what I I would have done. I don't even know how you kept together. I would have been a basket teacher. <laughs> for me, I would say one of the um, definitely, and we touched on this. So, like cycling Africa was a, a huge accomplishment for both of us. But I also think that you know during that we helped raise money and awareness for Plan Canada and their their, their initiative. About you know raising more awareness for girls in Africa, and I think that really touched my heart because it was the first time we did anything where we actually raised money for a cause and we're and we're doing something for a cause in our life. And, and, and we and, all the Yeah, and we got to, to visit a to bunch see of where projects the money was going. while we were there, which again was something that you know we we had never done before in our life. So being able to see what you can do and and money you can raise and see how it's going to be spent. And plus, being able to meet the kids and the adults that you're going to have an impact on, that can only have a profound impact on the person doing it. And I know it did for me. So not only the physical challenge of cycling all of Africa, but being able to raise awareness and money for a great cause uh, was something that uh, will stay with me for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. No. And, and and they say, you know, travel's the ultimate teacher. And this is why I think this is my favorite question that we ask on the podcast, because we really, you really do learn so much when you travel. And when we get people like you on the podcast and you can talk about some of the things that you're proud of, some of the accomplishments that you've had, you know, like there's very challenging times that do come up when you travel and persevering through stuff and learning things about, you know, how you can help other people in the world. These are the kind of things that you take home with you after the travel's done. And it really makes you a better person, in my opinion. So I, I just love that question. And, I, and I, speaking of learning from travel, what would you guys say is, is the biggest lesson you've learned on your travels?
1: I think for me, it's that you... Whatever you think that a place is going to be, whatever your preconceived notions are of what a destination is, it's probably not going to be that way. Travel will always surprise you. We all have ideas about what a culture is going to be like or what a destination is going to be like. And when you get there, it's going to be completely different than at least what the news will say or what you've read in books. Half the time, people are exactly you know, the same as you. Everybody is just... Happy and smiling and wanting to have a family. And I find that's the biggest thing that when you find out. Don't judge by what the news is saying about a destination. Go and see for yourself. And that's when you're going to see that really the human race is pretty similar all around everywhere you go.
2: I would say for me, I mean, one of the biggest things I've learned, I would say, is that expectations are always overrated. So you always have these expectations of where you're going to go and you build up a destination of where it's going to be. But what I found is that 99% of the time, uh, those expectations that that, that I have have been exceeded. Or what I thought a destination is, is not that at all. And that's only triggered by not... By, by traveling, by not overly having a plan and spending time in a destination. So I always recommend people to spend as much time as possible in one destination and not try and, you know, you know pack up that passport and try to get as many countries in and under your belt as you can. Uh, but to spend time in the destination get to know the people because that can only better the, the memory that you have of that destination by spending time there. So, you know, your expectations are always exceeded when you travel, if you give it time.
0: Absolutely, that's that's great advice. Uh, sort of leaning into that question, what would you like, can you think of a place or maybe the most recent place that you guys visited where you were kind of shocked, it, it kind of took you aback, like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover is kind of the same thing I'm asking here. What's a place that you went to that you were kind of surprised it wasn't what you thought it was going to be?
1: For me, it was definitely Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. You know, <laughs> nope, Kazakhstan. Dave just said, Kyrgyzstan? I <laughs> went, oh, nope, Kazakhstan, because I had an idea of what Kyrgyzstan was. But Kazakhstan surprised me because when, uh, you know, a lot of people know Kazakhstan from, what, Borat, you know, and (laughs) things like that. When we got there, I was just shocked with the mega cities and mega malls and the fashion. And, you know, we all think of Kazakhstan as this, you know, place that's just got a bunch of desert and nobody really knows much about it. A landlocked country in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. It's got a city skyline in Astana that rivals Shanghai. You know yeah, it's just sure. beautiful and they have these space-age uh, malls that have roller coasters and skating rinks and high-end shopping and that was really shocking mm-hmm. to me because i just expected uh, kazakhstan to be this this blip but it was really diverse you know it had incredible landscape and it had men on horseback it was a lot like mongolia with people who were farming on horseback in mm-hmm. one place and then you have the opposite with these big big mega cities so that one really surprised me and it was absolutely beautiful i didn't even know what to expect of the, the countryside but i was shocked with the beauty mm-hmm.
2: of it. i would say i would kind of stick in the in the same well not, not really the same i would say bhutan was a place where we just came back from recently that uh that that really surprised me i heard a lot about you know the happiness index and all this all this kind of uh, stuff and truthfully I thought, eh, it seemed more of a marketing gimmick to me and, and maybe something that wasn't overly true, and maybe I'll get to the bottom of this while I'm there, and uh, it, we had a lot of discussions with locals there and met a, a lot of incredible people, and I can understand now why, you know, they have that gross national happiness, because truthfully, it is one of the places that I've been to that has probably some of the happiest people in the world, and uh, It's it's incredible when we went there because we met the king when we when we were there uh, in a festival up in the in the Himalaya and uh, I had heard people talk about how they revered this man so much and I couldn't understand why and after I, I talked about everything that he had done with the country and then I saw him show up and saw the reverence and excitement in everybody's face it was just it completely blew me away how one country could be so so together. In a sense that, you know, it's not a super rich country. It doesn't have massive wealth, but everybody just seems happy. So that was super surprising to me because I thought that bubble would have been burst while I was there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and that was a pretty cool festival because it wasn't like we were anything special. We were just happened to be at the festival and the king came. Showed up, yeah. And the king just walked down the line to just say hi to everybody. Like, it was pretty incredible. And like, he saw us, you know. To a blonde blonde girl sticking up, yeah. and a guy, and he just came up and said, "Hi, how are you liking Bhutan?" He was so oh. cool, you know. He had his Ray Bans on his hair. So he <laughs> was the coolest looking king I've ever seen in my that. life. And everyone was so like they said. All of the locals were excited. He talked to them. It was just really cool how inclusive. Everything was
0: there. <laughs> yeah. Take that one off the bucket list. met the king of Bhutan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. What, what would you guys say is at the top of your bucket list now? I know you've been to 110 countries. You know, what, what, what place is calling you home?
1: hundred percent for me, I've been wanting to go to Rwanda and Uganda. I want to go see the uh, gorillas in Africa. I've been saying this for years and sadly I haven't made it. It's been now since we've been travel blogging. A lot of it has to do with our schedule and we really,
2: is somewhere I want to go. For me, it's it's got to be down and explore more of the South Pacific. We just haven't had a lot of time to do that. So to, to get down and, and explore that whole area where it's very difficult to get to. It's hard to get from island to island. But that culture, and that Polynesian culture down in that part, the world is, is really fascinating to me. And uh, there's a lot of places around there that are slowly disappearing with the rising of the oceans and, and things that are being destroyed because of climate change. And I think that there's a lot of places that need to get out there and visit now before they do change. So that's one area that I, I'd really, really like to get to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you think about the, you know, the world is always changing. I think they say that the snow cap on Kilimanjaro is going to be gone in a decade or two here. So like, you know, some of these places you've got to get to. Absolutely. It's it's time to get moving. Leave us with some wisdom, guys. What's What would you say your best piece of travel advice would be to someone who's interested in getting started with traveling? What could others who are listening to this podcast benefit from knowing from two really experienced travelers like yourselves?
2: I would say my uh, <laughs> number one piece of advice is uh, do things in baby steps. Don't uh, overextend yourself. Don't push yourself too far out of your comfort zone. You know, the, the, we traveled a lot, but we all, you know, we started out with just baby steps and, and smaller things. And, and But always make one challenge for yourself in every destination that you go. That's going to push you a little bit out of your comfort zone. If you find you do that, then you're going to be a more well-rounded person for that And uh, you're going to enjoy the destination a little bit more. So by pushing yourself out of that comfort zone, giving yourself a little bit of a challenge, you learn something about yourself and about the destination.
1: Yeah, I agree with Dave on that. It's definitely about the baby steps. And another thing I want to add is to be open for new possibilities. I think it's great to have a plan. And it's always when you start off, have a plan for the first couple of days when you're going traveling. Get that hotel booked for the first night or two so that you feel comfortable in a new place. But then be open. To suggestions um, and be be willing to try something new. I know for us when we first started traveling, we didn't do any adventures, and it wasn't until we met some people that were from they were from Scandinavia when we were backpacking, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna head to Borneo and climb a mountain there." And we had never climbed yeah. a mountain before, and we had never even thought of Borneo as part of our bucket list or anything at the time. But we said, "Hey, we'll come with you," and we changed our plans and we went to Borneo and that sort of started our whole life of adventure I would have to say so being open to something new can totally change your path of your travels
0: absolutely absolutely be open and and take baby steps These these are two you know some really good advice here guys before we go where can people find you online? Where, where can people connect with you if they want more from The Planet D?
2: Well, they can. Uh, everybody can find us on our blog at theplanetd.com. And uh, on every social channel, we are The Planet D. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Pinterest, we're The Planet D. So drop by, leave a message, say hi. And if you need any recommendations or any, uh, any tips, just let us know.
0: Awesome. And guys, we're going to put all of the links that Dave just mentioned there into the show notes page for this episode. That's going to be up on travel magazine in the podcast section under masters of travel, Dave and Deb, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate your guys' time so much, you know, just a great guests and some great tips here. I think you're going to provide a lot of people with some great inspiration.
2: Well, Thanks a lot for having us, Justin. I really appreciate it. It's great. It's always great to get out there and talk about travel. We love it. It's what we do. It's what we live for. So any information or help we can assist anybody with, that's what we're here
0: for. Awesome. Thanks so much guys. Thanks. To our listeners, thank you so much guys for listening to Masters of Travel. We greatly appreciate it. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you're on Apple or SoundCloud or listening on your Google podcasting app, please leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. It helps us reach more people the more reviews we get. So... If you could take a minute, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. If you want to learn more about any of the links that we mentioned throughout the show, just go to travelmagazine.com. You will see a podcast link in the upper right-hand corner of the website. Click there and you will get all of the information that we talked about in this show. Guys, I'm Justin Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at CaveJustin. If you want to talk about any of your upcoming trips or anyone that you'd like to see featured on the show, please tweet me at CaveJustin. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Happy travels.